visit RTI on the web at english.rti.org.tw. Welcome to Radio Taiwan International. I am Natalie. So, up this hour, we have for you Chinese to go, a free Chinese lesson for you, and also the latest on social media trends on hashtag Taiwan and our show that interacts with our listeners. Status update. But first, join us for Here in Taiwan. Welcome to Here in Taiwan. It's Tuesday, March 3rd. And in the studio, we have Leslie Liao. Hello, everybody. Paula Chow. Hello. And I am Natalie So. Well, anxiety's up, and so are visits to the psychologist. We'll be talking about that. And also, why wanted criminals are coming home. And doctors tell us why not to shame our children. And it's mating season for Taipei's pandas. Those stories and more are coming right up. Okay, so anxiety is up, so our visits to the psychologist. Tell us more about this story, Paula. Okay, according to a survey, uh, people who seek help from psychiatrists have gone up by 20%. That's quite a lot. A lot. Is it because of the COVID nineteen? Yes. You know, a lot of people, um, you know, say they that they they are scared. They they can't sleep. They have insomnia. They have a lot of problems. And one psychiatrist mentioned a a case. She's a forty year old woman. Well, she is. That woman is really um, sensitive, and then the, because of the COVID nineteen outbreak, um, she felt like it's a virus. It's a it's something like um, planted by enemies. Someone's going <laughs> to kill her. Oh. Like she couldn't oh, no. sleep well, and she is you know depressed, and she stays at home. She doesn't want to go out. So um, you know, psychiatrists are saying that these people are they have trouble adapting to the to the situation. situation. So doctor said, well, you still have to. You know, adjust um, to the situation, relax. Right. I actually talked with a psychiatrist for Taiwan Today last week, and he said that I mean, a certain amount of anxiety is good and normal because that you know will help us to prepare for. And he said that Taiwan actually, in some ways, that the anxiety has been productive because people are very careful. But of course, if it interferes with the way you live, right? If, if that's, that is I a mean, that's problem. not good. Yeah, right. and um, it become a, it could become a disorder right and you should get help for even if it you know i mean i said when do we need to go see a counselor as well if your symptoms anxiety is keeping you from having you the kind of life you want (laughs) i'm like oh well that's a pretty kind of a low bar right giving you the life i want i could just stay inside all day (laughs) i mean i'm I'm like i get pretty nervous about this whole thing and it doesn't help my dad's in japan right now Oh, and he is doing crazy things. What's he doing just, there? Traveling? Or? He's traveling. He he goes between Japan and Taiwan every so often. And he what what set me off the other day was he sent a selfie from Mount Fuji, which is a tourist destination, oh. without a mask. Oh. And that's kind of been making me a little nervous. Does he know like how serious it is over there? I don't know if it's the news over there or if he's willfully ignorant, but he's just like, it's not that bad. I'm like, oh, no, no, it's it's pretty bad, Dad. And uh, he was in Osaka the other day. Oh. And that's where the most recent 
really? uh, case from Taiwan got came back. Oh and dear! He's just a stubborn old man. But <laughs> it is it is heavy. This this is, I am feeling the mental effects of the disease right now. Oh, well, goodness. you are not the only one because according to a survey, sixty two percent of the polled said they are worried that they they might get infected. Sixty two percent. That's pretty high. Seventy seven percent said they are concerned that the outbreak might get worse. I think it is going to get worse. I mean, it is getting worse. Hopefully, not too bad, though. I mean, I think Taiwan has kept it under control pretty well compared、mm. to other neighboring countries. So I don't know. For me, I'm not that anxious because the situation in Taiwan is actually pretty、uh, small, right? And people are very careful. Everyone else is wearing masks, so maybe I don't need. <laughs> just kidding. That's one way to think of it, right? <laughs> I'm a little bit anxious if I have a. A cough. I said to myself, "Oh, what's going on here?" Yeah, sometimes I'm like, "Oh no, is my throat like a little bit abnormal today?" And I notice people around. Like, I waited in line for mass for the first time last week, and then the lady in front of me, because I was with my son and we were talking, she's like, "Can you can you stand farther away from me?" <laughs> oh, where were you? I was just out, I was we're out in a park actually, and I, we were just talking, you know, and I mean we weren't doing anything wrong. But、That's, I think people are a little bit too anxious. They're on edge, man. They're, they're on、really、edge. I'm like, edge. oh, okay. I'm not gonna like pick a fight with them. So I'm like, oh, sure. You, you are not the only one. I was listening to a BBC program, and the the program host interviews,、um, you know, journalists from different parts around the world. They interview Cindy Su, who is a BBC reporter in Taiwan.、Mm-hmm. Well, Cindy actually,、uh, she used to work here as a freelancer, and Cindy talk about her. Own experience is actually her mother's experience. Um, she's in California, and then she said that when her mother went, um, you know, grocery shopping, there's a woman in front of her, or at the cashier, just told her mother, "Step back." What? Right. Because well, she's a you know an Asian, Asian. Fa- face, so she wasn't wearing a surgical mask.、Oh, yeah. no. Right, that's what you know happened to her mother. Well, I think that there's a lot of racism going on in in Western or other countries when they see Asians, and that's really bad. Yeah, it's not. I mean, it's not like it's due to your ethnicity. It's it's due to your travel history or, or you、yeah. know what kind of、um, people you've been in contact with. So a lot of Chinese businesses are going downhill these days too. And they're saying that because of the、uh, the face masks are generally people in Asia wear face masks, but you're not used to that in the West. So when they see someone with an Asian face wearing a face mask, that sends that them, scares them.、Yeah. That makes them, they're probably sick.、Yeah. But if they're sick, they would be in quarantine. In quarantine.、Right? So I think people are a little bit too much on edge. Maybe everyone should go see a psychologist. <laughs> <laughs> Doctors telling us how not to treat our children or teenagers. Actually, tell us more about this story.、Um, all right, so this story stemmed from cell phone addiction and how parents deal with their、uh, their kids handling、uh, cell phone addiction. And what psychologists are now saying is just that okay, don't jump to the you have a cell phone addiction argument right away because that constitutes a level of shame that. Kind of、hmm. affects children in the future, and I think I kind of relate to this because I think about all the times my parents tried to correct me. I'm like, yeah, there was no middle ground with with my mom. It was either like <laughs> you're doing it right, 
or you are totally addicted to this thing. So, according to data from Taipei health officials, 5 to 10% of suicides among teenagers involved conflicts related to the use of smartphones or other internet-connected devices. Now, this we have a psychologist, Cho Yongnin, said that parents should remain calm and communicate with their children when addressing issues related to excessive use of internet devices instead of abruptly shutting off internet access or taking away the device. Because when you do something like this, you are... In my opinion, maybe blowing the issue out of proportion and saying, you're doing this so much that it merits me shutting this whole thing down. And at that point, I can see a kid thinking like, oh, my goodness, maybe there is something hugely wrong with me hmm. that merits that level of action. Uh, the psychologist went on said that he often encounters parents who worry about their children spending too much time online or playing on the smartphone, which parents say negatively affects their children's academic performance. Now, Natalie, as a parent, would you, are you, is this something you worry about? This is an issue, not so much about academic performance, because they are getting their homework done. Um, um, I don't want them to be, uh, one of my kids, a little bit more addicted than the other two video games. Uh -huh. But I know that it's also his social circle. So, I mean, we've communicated about this. But sometimes, I mean, it has been an issue between us. So, you know, it gets on our nerves because it's really loud. And it's in the middle of the living room, you know, and he's talking with his friends playing and, you mm. know. So sometimes, I mean, I have actually have resorted to taking away the monitor. Oh. But then <laughs> you take away the monitor, and then and then talking to him about it later. I mean, that's like when I got fed up, you know. So I think I have done these unfortunate things I'm not supposed to do. But um, recently, I learned that uh, you need to yeah be calm and communicate mm. and find a I guess a middle ground. It's not like it's it's bad to be on video games or online it's yeah. like you need to be considerate you need to balance it out with other activities yeah. and we need to talk about it instead of you know getting upset and frustrated and, and doing something drastic like taking it away <laughs> so what happens is um when you take it away the show says that Children, in return, they often say they become distraught and frustrated and their self-confidence is damaged when they get scolded for going online or parents cut off their internet or confiscated their cell phones. Children and teens often say they feel hurt and their self-image is affected negatively when parents say that they have an internet addiction or call them an otaku. At that point, I think it's like zainan. So it's like someone who right. stays at home all, all the time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, this can lead to stress and conflict in the parent-children relationship and causes children to resent their parents or have a lower tolerance for handling stress. Then when they feel frustrated or are in a conflict, they might resort to self-harm or even contemplate suicide. Ooh, that's serious. Now, here's yeah. the level. Here's the thing about shaming that my personal experience, especially, you know, since I'm still closer to being a kid than I was an adult, <laughs> it's just the, 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 the constant comparison the constant comparison between other people, like between kids and others. Hmm. My mom was better about it. My dad does it as a courtesy thing to other other parents. It's just like oh, to compliment their, other parents. Yeah, to compliment other kids. He puts down his like, own He kids? puts down oh, mine. No, so that's like, not a good <laughs> My cousin has a PhD in chemical engineering from National Taiwan University. Super smart. And one time we were at a family dinner and he was just like, you know, why can't you be more like that? Get a PhD in engineering. I was like, thanks, dad. <laughs> like that's the kind of this 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 Aww. this article resonated with me. So shaming is never a good technique. That's Communication true. is key. Communication yeah. is key. And uh, they say learn to learn to speak to your child on an equal footing. Mm. So don't talk down to them. That's kind of the whole root of shaming, right? When you talk down to them and stuff like that. 
Um, if parents struggle to handle their children's internet or mobile device use, they can call a help hotline at one nine 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 extension eight eight five eight. See what they have to say. <laughs> Where professional counselors can provide and help parents to find resources. That is from once again the psychologist Cho Yonglin. Okay, this is a very. I think it's a really good. Not just for our, our two households. I think it's probably common in Taiwan. Mm. I mean, video games and. Being on online a lot yeah. is extremely common. Teenagers are always talking to their friends now online, like at home, like midnight. You know, they're still chatting with their friends, and so it's it's kind of like you have to find the correct boundaries, I guess, that people can live with at home. Yeah. So anyway, uh, that is a good story, good reminder for us parents. Listen, are you listening? <laughs> This is the sound of my country. This is the sound of Taiwan. Taiwan, a small island with a whole world of sounds. about why some people, some wanted criminals, are returning to Taiwan. Okay, I have a story about a guy, a surname Zhang. Um, he uh, used to be a computer programmer. In 2000, when he was a computer programmer, he discovered that the Microsoft system, uh, you know, has some problem, has a hitch. So he actually entered a government website. He also entered the website of a security firm where he worked. And he stole um, um, clients' account and their um, passwords. And he stole their money. He used the money to buy stocks. And of course, um, the, uh, the security firm where he worked later discovered that. So this guy was um, sentenced to one year and 10 months in prison. However, in 2006, instead of Going to the prison, he ran away. He ran to China. So he was actually in China for 13 years. And all of a sudden, last Friday, he showed up at the airport. And then, <sighs> you know, so the police are saying that they suspect that this guy, this criminal, is concerned that he might get infected with the coronavirus. So that's the reason why he returned to Taiwan <laughs> all of a sudden. Actually, so now he has to go to jail? Yeah, he will go to jail, Jail, but however, because he's coming back from China, so the um, law enforcement officials have decided to keep this guy in quarantine for 14 days at, at the uh, detention centers. After 14 days, he will go to jail. So actually, um, since January um, until now, about 40 criminals, they escaped to China, returned to Taiwan. 40. Wow, that's a lot. That's and a lot. They, get, they all got caught, right? Obviously. Right. And <laughs> quarantine. They're, they're, they're concerned funny. that they might get infected, so they decided to, you know, come back. You know, serve it the sentence. It must be really bad in China, right. For them to have to do that, right? When asked by the police, the this guy didn't say why he returned to Taiwan all of a sudden, but he did say that um, the situation in China is pretty bad. You know, people are extremely nervous. He seldom goes out. He most of the time he stays at home. If you've seen videos coming out of China, it is crazy. People cut people's hair with like a long pole and they put the 
the um, scissors at the end of the pole. I don't know how they do it. Cut their hair? Yeah, oh, the barbers. They, they cut it long distance. <laughs> oh. So they're like two feet away from the customer. I and there would are all not. kinds of ways that they're keeping a distance from people. It's really interesting, actually. This isn't the first story I heard about this. This was We did this a while back on here in Taiwan as well. And they said back then the Taiwan's Aviation Police Bureau said in the month of February alone, on February 20th, they said 12 people came back. Wow. No, and, it's 40 people. And that, that was just for February. Right. And uh, one was crazy where the guy only had what? He only had his, his statute of limitations was supposed to run out in a few months. He still came back. He still came back. And, you know, after the statute of limitations run out, you can't get prosecuted anymore. He was just like, no, I ain't. I'm not risking it. He says... He explained that the police, the coronavirus epidemic in China was getting out of control, and he would rather risk coming back to Taiwan than contracting the disease. And be healthy, but in prison. <laughs> so the virus is more scary than jail sentence. <laughs> I can't imagine the face of police officers oh. who are just like, wait, okay, so this is, this. I mean, they must be having a great month. There. Yeah, really. They're being very productive, right? Yeah. <laughs> You're listening to Radio Taiwan International from Taipei, Taiwan. Well, let me tell you about our pandas at the Taipei Zoo. It is mating season. Actually, they tried to get them to mate. They put them in the same uh, area, but um, nothing happened. Pandas are notoriously lazy. <laughs> They're notoriously lazy. They said um, they, tried to, they tried to get them to mate naturally with no results. Either they lost interest or simply don't know how. <laughs> so whatever, that's what they said. But so what they decided to do is to give Yuan Yuan artificial insemination. So they gave her about 800 million sperms from Tuan Tuan. Mm. So um, we'll see how that works because uh, Yuan Zai was, was conceived that way and in 2013. So we'll see if it will happen again. It is mating season and uh, Yuan Yuan is showing the signs of, you know, uh, being in ovulation and she has like scent marking behaviors Playing in the water and restlessness. Mm. So these are signs of her being ready to have another baby, hopefully. Well, like I said, pandas are notoriously lazy in this I regard. know. Why is that? I have no idea. Evolutionarily. I mean, the cutest animals should populate themselves more, right? Have you ever seen videos of pandas? They're so clumsy, though. Oh, <laughs> They're I can so imagine. They're so amazingly clumsy. <laughs> I've seen one, like, eating bamboo in a tree, and the branch just breaks, and he just falls oh my down. Gosh. Maybe it's hard for them to do the act. Maybe it takes too much work Maybe and, and coordination <laughs> or something. <laughs> so, anyways, we hope it works out with a little help of science. And uh, that's all we have for you today on Here in Taiwan. Thank you for joining us. And do stay tuned for Chinese to go. Hashtag Taiwan and status update. For Here in Taiwan, I'm Natalie So. I'm Leslie Liao. And I'm Paula Chow. We'll see ya.
What do you know about Taiwan? I know who the president is. What about their local music and food? Well, hmm. What do you suggest? Tune in to Radio Taiwan International. Here at RTI, we offer the authentic Taiwan experience. You hear the sound of remote attractions, the local food, music, the lives of real Taiwanese as they live it. Visit english.rti.org.tw. Listen to the real Taiwan. Welcome to Chinese to Go, the program where you learn authentic Chinese, the Chinese that we use in real life in Taiwan. Taiwanese students, like students in other parts around the world, are required to take all kinds of tests, big and small. Let's listen to a conversation. How were your midterm test scores? You probably did really well, right? 应该不错吧。我准备了很久。应该至少拿到A吧。They should be pretty good. I spent a long time getting ready. I should at least get A's. 台湾的考生真辛苦。有一大堆大考、小考。考得没完。Taiwan's test takers have it rough. They have a ton of tests, big and small. They never stop. 是啊,學校有各種不同的考試,除了校門找工作也要面對考官,有時候是一試定終身,很不公平。Yeah, there are all kinds of different tests at school. And then once you leave school and look for a job, you have to deal with the test too. Sometimes one test decides a person's future. It's not fair. 別抱怨了,好好讀書,準備下一個考試吧。Stop complaining, study hard, and get ready for your next exam. Right. 你这次期中考试成绩如何? 成绩,test scores. 期中考试,midterm exam. 考试,exam,如何,how? How were your midterm test scores? 应该考得很好吧?很好,really well. Call. It's a verb. Here it means to do an exam. 应该不错吧。我准备了很久。应该至少拿到A吧。They should be pretty good. I spent a long time getting ready. I should at least get A's. 应该不错吧。应该should。不错。Pretty good. They should be pretty good. 我准备了很久。准备 means to prepare. But here it means I spend a long time getting ready. 很久, a long time. 应该至少拿到A吧。至少, at least. 应该should. 应该至少拿到A吧。I should at least get A's. 台湾的考生真辛苦。考生, test takers. 台湾, Taiwan. 真辛苦, to have it rough. 有一大堆大考。小考,一大堆, a lot of, tons of, 大考, 
big exam, 小考 small exam. They have a ton of tests, big and small. 考的没完 They never stop. One means to end, to stop. 没完 doesn't stop. 是啊，学校有各种不同的考试。除了校门，找工作也要面对考官。有时候是一试定终身，很不公平。是啊 ，Yeah， 学校有各种不同的考试。There are all kinds of different tests at school. 学校 at school， 考试 tests， 各种 all kinds， 不同 different。各种不同的考试 ，all kinds of different tests。出了校门找工作，也要面对考官。出 means out to leave。校门 literally it means school door， but here it means to leave school。找工作 to look for a job。工作 job 找 to look for， 也要面对考官。考官 means examiner, but here it means you have to deal with the test too. 面对 to face to deal with. 有时候是一试定终身，很不公平。有时候 sometimes 一试 one test 定终身定 means to decide 终身 a person's future. Sometimes one test decides a person's future. 很不公平 It's not fair. 别抱怨了抱怨 to complain. 别抱怨了 Stop complaining. 好好读书 Study hard. 读书 to study. 准备下一个考试吧 And get ready for your next exam. 准备 to prepare. Here it means to get ready. 下一个考试 The next exam. This week on hashtag Taiwan, I want to take a break from talking about COVID nineteen because you guys have been doing a great job of covering it. Oh, thank you. And I want to talk about U.S. Senator <laughs> Bernie Sanders. Bernie Sanders is one of the front runners for the Democratic Party nomination to go head to head against U.S. President Donald Trump in the November elections. He also gave an interview recently that's been getting a lot of attention online. I got the clip for you right here, so check it out. Just on foreign policy.、Um, You said you believe in diplomacy. You're concerned Donald Trump is, is going to get us into an unnecessary war. Are there situations where you believe military action、sure. is warranted? Of course, I do. If China took military action against Taiwan, is that something you would? Have- something, yeah. I mean, I think we have got to make it clear to countries around the world that we will not sit by and allow、uh, invasions to take place. Absolutely. Now that was the American News Show 60 Minutes, in which the interviewer Anderson Cooper asked Bernie Sanders whether or not he would take military action if he were president. And you guys heard of that whole Taiwan thing, right? So that's what people were going crazy about, and people were going wild for Sanders's answer online. And in fact, some local media outlets flat out said that the U.S. would defend Taiwan if Bernie is president. But let's pump the brakes really quickly. Did Bernie Sanders really say that? Let's look at the clip one more time. If China took military action against Taiwan, is that something you would? Something, yeah. I mean, I think we have got to make it clear to countries around the world that we will not sit by 
and allow uh, invasions to take place, absolutely. Now, before we move on, I want to compliment Anderson Cooper for phrasing the question the way he did. He was very straightforward. It was down the barrel, down the middle. And usually when people talk about Taiwan, especially in the media, they're very vague or they frame it in a very questionable manner. Would you guys agree with that? I, I, yeah, I thought he did a good job uh, asking the question. We don't usually see it uh, framed quite the way he did. So yeah. And then yeah. he really thought of Taiwan. That's I mean, right. That's a big he issue for, for us here. That. But let's focus in on Bernie for a second. What did he say? He said... Yeah, absolutely. Now, that could be construed in many ways. Let me demonstrate. <laughs> absolutely, yeah, that's very important to me. Or, oh yeah, absolutely, that's something. <laughs> Do you see the difference in tone in the message? And not only that, but did you guys hear that little clink? Yeah, what was that? I don't know, but to me, he or... knocked on something and it looked like he was looking for an eject button. <laughs> There was a tweet by Corrales Cachola which says, Meanwhile, Sanders is shuffling his feet, not making eye contact with Anderson Cooper on how he would deal with the bad guys, which essentially boils down to Sanders having the opposite of Warren on strategic planning. And you can't help but notice that, you know, he was very, almost kind of gave us an off of nervous energy. His actions certainly didn't have the convictions that his words did, yeah. right? So... I always give you guys a Leslie Liao pick of the week, but this week I'm going to give you guys a Leslie Liao score of the week. On a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being very confident that Bernie Sanders would defend Taiwan in the case of an invasion from China, and 1 being not confident at all, I'm going to give you a score about how I feel about this entire thing. All right, and my score is 1 skeptical Leonardo DiCaprio. <laughs> there we go. All right. I think the media was just too excited. Mm. And I, they just read what they wanted the, to read into it, the right? The Taiwan media was The Taiwan excited, media. Yeah. I yeah. think it was just, what, what was more important was how Anderson Cooper really just gave that down the middle question. Yeah, and I think it's also like when it comes to Bernie Sanders' answer, you have to remember this is election season, right? Mm -hmm. So he's going to give a strong answer, but not uh, necessarily no, an equivocal Not yeah, commit, right. commit one yeah. way or the other. Exactly. Pure politics. All right. Well, thank you, Leslie, for that. And uh, that is our hashtag Taiwan for the week. Do follow us on social media and leave a comment. We'd love to hear from you. This is Status Update. Welcome to Status Update. I'm Shirley Lin. And I'm Leslie Liao, sitting in for John Van Trieste. Yes, and uh, this is a program where we get to your letters. Your letters that you write us to let us know what programs you heard and what you think about them. So we always love to get to your letters and uh, read up on them, as well as maybe your Facebook comments or YouTube comments. But before we do that, though, we're going to update our status a little bit here. Well, it was a long weekend this past weekend. Uh, 228 is a memorable historical, uh, how should I say it, observant day. But anyway, mm. yeah, um, if we go into it, it's going to be a long talk about some history uh, in Taiwan. I guess, would you say it has to do with like white terror kind of? It was, it was the uh, it the was. kickoff to the white terror. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, so um, ideally we had Friday, Saturday and Sunday off, but Leslie and I were on the news on Friday, so we literally just had a regular Didn't weekend. Didn't really feel like a long yeah. weekend. But I tried to make good use of the Saturday. Mm -hmm. It was actually a very nice sunny day, and uh, we brought some friends with us, and we drove out to Beihai Gonglu, so it's like the northern coast. Yeah. Uh, ba Douzi, that's the place. Mm -hmm. And actually, um, 
we took them to my parents' favorite restaurant out there, one of the favorites. Oh wow! But it's a place where it's kind of a a, a little small white and blue structure mm. on a little hill. Oh, I know which one you're talking about. It's Are the you Greek, serious? It's the Greek theme restaurant. Yeah. Oh, lots wait. of people go there. Oh, wait a minute. But you're probably thinking about the other one called a Young Door. No, it's just the, not. The one's called Mykonos, right? The well, one you, you know to? what? I don't know what the English name is, but it's got a long Chinese name. It's called Bai Se Ai Qing Hai. I think I think that's the same one. It, it, it yeah. There's only yeah. like one out there, and it, and it looks out into the ocean, right? Yeah, that's right. It's kind of like rustic on the inside with a like red tile floor. Yeah, something like that. Oh, I know exactly. oh okay, good. Yeah. So, so you have been there. Anyway, the food was actually pretty good. It's more like spaghetti, you know, Italian kind of food, but with a Greek outlook. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, but the food was actually really good. But it was really just nice just to walk out there and uh, watch the the ocean. And there are railings, but then there were people who managed to climb over the railing <laughs> and got onto rocks and start fishing over there. Oh yeah, there you know? there are people are always fishing out there. I know. So, and it was a very nice day. So it was just a great time to get out there. Okay. Considering the fact that Friday was supposed to be a holiday, but we didn't get to go out, and so I made sure that I took advantage of that Saturday. Okay. So that was really nice. But uh, yeah, you know, got some good food and got some nice sea breeze, and it was nice weather. It was just <laughs> I knew I wanted to get out of the city. You know. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, my, my husband probably would have settled just stay in and just do nothing. But I said, no, I want to get out, you know. That's I definitely brave. want to get out. I, yeah. I have no desire to leave the house now, Aww. especially with uh, with this outbreak going on. I, I just, I, I'm glued to the news is what it is. Oh, well, I think you need to get away from that. But otherwise, you're going to be just well, we getting all news, anxious Julie. That's and everything. the problem. We, like, we, if we don't see it from the TV, we're going to see it in our email anyway. Oh, well, that's true. Well, that's why we decided to go out, you know, out in the open, you know, not go like to the mall or anything or the theater, yeah. movie theater, because that's all indoors. And okay. you really don't want to go into like these cramped public places. But yeah. Just going outdoors, you know, and um, I thought that was a great day that we had. Oh, and then actually that wasn't it, because then we brought them all back to our house, mm-hmm. and then we had we ordered pizza. Oh wow! And then in Kentucky Fried Chicken. Oh, that's a great. That sounds like a great weekend. <laughs> oh, no. That sounds more like my tune. Just- and then. Yeah, all right. And then my husband found a movie from the internet, and so we watched it together. So, What movie did you guys watch? Well, it's called War Room. I don't know if you've heard of it, huh. but it's a, a Christian movie, uh-huh. you know, talking about marriage and, you know, and, and yeah, and then how their marriage got, was mended, you know. And, I see. And yeah, very, very inspiring movie, actually. Huh. It was my second time watching it, but the first time watching it was a, quite a few years ago. Okay. So it was refreshing. Okay. Yeah. So that was very nice. Anyway, at least I got to do something over this supposedly long weekend. Yeah. Yeah, really. Anyway, okay. Well, I say we get to our listeners' letters. What do you say? Sure. Okay, so like I said, we always love to hear from you, just what you think about our programs, good or bad. And um, so if you happen to want to write us again, uh, if you've got paper and pen in front of you, please write us at P.O. Box 123-199, Taipei, Taiwan. But if you're one who prefers emails, the address would be English at rti.org.tw. Or you can also choose to write us at rti at rti.org.tw. It's all the same. And as always, we welcome your Facebook and YouTube comments. Oh, yeah. Yes, that is right. All right. So my first letter here in my hand is, um, let me see here. It's coming to us from Shivendu Paul 
of uh, Mitali Listeners Club in West Bengal, India. Uh, he listened in on February 21st mm. and uh, from 1600 to 1700 UTC at uh, 6180 frequency, uh, kilohertz, sorry, kilohertz, 6180 kilohertz. Simple rating was uh, four across the board. And uh, he says here, Greetings, belated Happy World Radio Day to all staff and listeners of Radio Town International. We observed World Radio Day with our school students and listeners. I discuss about the importance of radio programs in school education system or students' lives. They enjoyed the DX exhibition, drawing, and much more. They listened to radio programs through, um, well, by tuning with their own hands on their own portable radio and from their mobile as well. Oh, so okay. Huh. Um, I also discussed uh, the awareness about coronavirus disease. Yes, I sent you some photos related to the program. Oh, really? Okay, I don't see the attachment. Okay, but thanks anyway. And it says here uh, we are regular listeners of Radio Town International. I received good reception and using my Grundig YB80 receiver, and signal strength was good, but with slight noise and overall reception was good. And uh, so, again, and it says here, with best wishes and 73, um, you know, that's a radio, sort of like a greeting, right? 73? 73? Yeah. No idea. I know. I kind of learned this. uh, What was it with with John when we started hosting this program? John's been listening to shortwave for a while. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, again, that was Shivendu Paul of West Bengal, India. Thank you so much. I have another letter, actually, from India as well, from one New Delhi, uh, from one Jayanta Chakrabarti. It says, Dear RTI, I am pleased to say that I am enjoying your broadcast through shortwave radio. Audio reception is good with strong signal strength in this part of northern India. Your reports and features are informative and interesting that add to my knowledge of your great country. Thanks to Team RTI for the excellent work you are doing. Well, thank you, Mr. Chakrabarti. The reception report, they listened on February 21st between 1600 and 1700 UTC at 6180 kHz. Reception quality was 43433. They were using a Grundig YB-80 with a telescopic antenna. Mr. Chakrabarti goes on to write, I am to report on your broadcast of 21st of February 2020, the news items on the breakthrough research on replicating antiviral drug by Taiwanese medical researchers was welcoming news. I think he's referring to remdesivir, the antiviral drug that uh, Academia Sinica actually kind of replicated. Anyway, he goes mm-hmm. on to say, RTO reports that a research team at Taiwan's Academia Sinica, of course, have successfully replicated an antiviral drug as a potential treatment for the dreaded COVID-19 epidemic sweeping the world. The level of replication of the drug is reported to be 97%. That is remdesivir. Mm-hmm. While the results await clinical tests from the U.S., it is hoped that the world and especially the WHO would recognize Taiwan's efforts to prevent and control the novel coronavirus epidemic and admit the country in the world body. Well, thank you so much, Mr. Jayantak Chakrabarti. That is a very nice sentiment. We are, we're slowly making our way to the WHO, I think. We were part of a meeting online, but we have not yet been granted any kind of status with the WHO, even though we're doing pretty good on prevention, I must say. That is right. By the way, Academia Sinica is like the top research body in Taiwan, so just to let you know. Smartest (laughs) people. Okay. All right. Now, moving, uh, well, actually, staying in India 
Um, this is coming to us from Mohammed Shamim and of Karalam State, India. He listened in on, oh, it was February 18th from 1600 to 1700 UTC. Frequency was 6180 kHz uh, using 49 meter band. I guess antenna, I suppose. And simple rating was four across the board. He used a Grundig YB80 as well, and uh, with a, a long wire that's 20 meters long from South India, Karalam. And uh, let's see here. It says, Dear Sir, Ma'am, once again, greetings from India. I am a regular listener of your program. I report reception of your station uh, via shortwave. And if you find this uh, program details to be correct, I would appreciate your confirmation using a QSR card with no problem with that. And it says here, um, your programs are interesting and educational. And what he heard was uh, he heard the news with Paula Chow, uh, including reports from Taiwan, Japan and China. Also, naturally so, and the team with uh, here in Taiwan. Uh, about school students' vacation, driverless vehicle in Taiwan, and also a World Heritage Site. Also, a female voice with Chinese to go. Uh, that's That would be a free Chinese lesson. And uh, about Valentine's Day. Also, hashtag Taiwan. That's Contain- my show. Yep, that's your show. Contain a report about toilet papers. Okay. Oh, yeah. And then, uh, oh, it was me with... Whoever it was, maybe it was you, Leslie, about uh, with a status update containing reports from Taiwan, listeners' letters from Malaysia, Bangladesh, Austria, India, Denmark, Japan, and Indonesia. I think that was our, I think I was on that, that one. That was right, yeah. huh? right, okay. And then comments on the program here in Taiwan's segment was excellent. Keep it up. All right. Yeah, okay. So that was uh, Mohammed Shamim of Kuralim State, India. Thank you so much. All right. Well, I have one. We're going to go over to the European continent now, and we're going to go to London, England, from one Mr. Roger Tidy. And uh, if I know Mr. Tidy well, he was listening on the internet, so there's no UTC, there's no uh, kilohertz, but it does right. Hello again. Greeting to all at RTI. I hope all of you and your loved ones are well and that none of you have been affected by the coronavirus. My report this time is of your broadcast of Thursday, uh, February 20th. He heard, here in Taiwan, Lights Camera Asia with Jake and in the spotlight. He says, the main theme in here in Taiwan was the coronavirus, in connection with which it was reported that Taiwanese schools that had suspended classes because of the virus will reopen next week, and that workers who have been laid off because of the virus will receive financial support from the government. Well, I think we're now in the stage where... um. Where school has been has already is started. back in session. Yeah. I think they've been doing they've been monitoring the kids at every turn, making sure that their temperatures are okay and that they're washing their hands. They even have um like separators between the desks. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Uh workers who have been laid off, I think the government is working on a stimulus package to help those affected by the coronavirus. I'm not sure if it's passed just yet. In fact, there hasn't been much news on that now that they come to think of it. Mm. The next feature in today's uh, broadcast was Lights Camera Asia, in which Jake continued talking about the film Tokyo Story, which he described as one of the most highly praised productions to emerge from the Japanese film industry. What was especially good about this program was the manner in which Jake analyzed the techniques used by the director of the film. 
including the fact that the pace is the pace is highly realistic, which sets it apart from other family dramas where the tendency is to edit out the pauses in people's conversation in the interest of pace. I'm a fan of realism in film and drama, and I think I would enjoy this film if I had the opportunity to see it. Well, Jake really knows his his movies and his his techniques. He's, yeah. he's, he's on a complete different plane of knowledge, which I'm always impressed with. Well, he's a photographer himself. You yeah. know, he, he invests quite a bit in his equipments and all that. And yeah. he's got just such a great lineup of, uh, of photography equipment. Right. The final program in the lineup was In the Spotlight. This featured a guest called Ryan, who has recently written a paper on the theme of global Taiwan, in which he makes five recommendations to the Taiwanese authorities, including the need for Taiwan's industry to concentrate more on computer software rather than place most of its emphasis on hardware. He also spoke about the difficulties faced by foreigners when they attempt to register a business in Taiwan because the process required requires a good knowledge of Chinese. Overall, this was an interesting interview with plenty of meat on the bone. As usual, your internet audio was excellent. Best wishes, Roger Tidy. Well, thank you so much, Mr. Tidy. All right. Okay, uh, on to the last letter we've got here. This is uh, coming from Brian Newell of Logansport, Indiana, USA. And uh, he, like always, he always have the, these detailed reports of all the programs that he heard. Um, but in the beginning, he says, Dear RTI, I hope that all are well. Um, uh, going well and that the COVID-19 season will soon pass. Yes, don't we all wish for that. Until then, may you all stay healthy and keep up the good programming. And uh, I see here, uh, he listened to Curious John, where actually John was covering the Chinese Lunar New Year in Taiwan about Kitchen God, just considered one of the many gods going to visit heaven, a sort of winter vacation. And then he heard classic shorts about Hongbao, that would be the red packets filled with cash, mm. to protect against a demon who would terrify children when they slept and would control them that they could not scream. Ooh, that sounds scary. <laughs> um, and then... Um, on the line with uh, Carlson Wong, who interviewed Cedric Elviani from France, who is uh, director of Reporters Without Borders. And actually, years ago, I've, I've interviewed Cedric Elviani myself, too. Um, okay, and then he also heard Culture Visa Everywhere. Wow, that is uh, a new show. Called, uh, and actually, he listened to the first edition about anti-RTI recommendations, beehive fireworks in Yensui, close to the sea, 1885 Plague, and then yeah, that's a, a program touching on culture, like Taiwanese culture and traditions and stuff. And then Taiwan Today with Natalie So about coronavirus. She spoke with William Yang, East Asia correspondent for Deutsche Welle, um, on Twitter feed updates. And then he also listened to Time Traveler with John Ventriest about the uh, Sugar Factory cultural area. Um, which was actually warehouses turned into a, sort of like a cultural park. They always do that now. Yes, That's and the, the warehouse. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, quite a few of those places like that in Taipei. But uh, actually, those warehouses uh, kind of go back to 1910. Yes, mm. and then uh, also news playlist about blood donation shortage type A and O are most needed, and about New Year's diets, exercise, caloric input, cut sugars and oils. Yes, uh, news playlist usually picks on a theme. Mm -hmm. And then um, kind of a, a summary of past videos that we've done concerning a, a particular theme or something like that. I see. All 
right. Well, thank you so much again. That was Brian Newell of Logansport, Indiana, USA. Well, thank you so much for all your letters, and we want to uh, you know continue to hear from you. So do write us. Our address is PO Box one two three dash one nine nine Taipei Taiwan. If you want to email us, it's rti at rti.org.tw. And we always welcome your Facebook and YouTube comments. Until next week, I'm Shirley Lin. I'm Leslie Liao, sitting in for John Van Trieste. Goodbye. Thank you for listening to Radio Taiwan International, broadcasting from Taipei, Taiwan. Check out our website at english.rti.org.tw. Again, that's english.rti.org.tw for the latest news and features from Taiwan. You can also listen to our programs and watch videos as well. Our 60-minute English language program can also be heard every day at the following times and frequencies. In southern China and South Asia from 1600 to 1700 UTC on 6180 kHz. Again, that's in southern China and South Asia from 1600 to 1700 UTC on 6180 kHz. And in Southeast Asia from 0300 to 0400 UTC on 15320 kHz. Again, that's in Southeast Asia from 0300 to 0400 UTC on 15320 kHz. We'd love to hear from you. Please send your comments to P.O. Box 123-199, Taipei, Taiwan. Again, that's P.O. Box 123-199, Taipei, Taiwan. Or send an email to rti at rti.org.tw. Again, that's rti at rti.org.tw. Also visit us on Facebook. The address is fb.me forward slash Radio Taiwan International. Once again, on Facebook, we're located at fb.me forward slash Radio Taiwan International for videos, photos, and news of interest from Taiwan. Thank you once again for listening to Radio Taiwan International.